You're listening to a Dallas Sports Nation production. Enhancing your Dallas sports experience. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Rangers Nation podcast for DallasSportsNation.com. I am your host, the recliner nerd, John Moore. This is episode two for me as the host, and I want to welcome everyone listening. Well, it is official. The offseason is here. The World Series is over. we got to give a congratulations out there to the Boston Red Sox. You know, far and away, more than anything, they were the best team in baseball this year. For the first time in a long time, uh, they're just one of few teams that not only had the best league in all of baseball, but went on to win the World Series. So that's that's huge, and I, uh, they were nothing short of dominating all through the playoffs. What they did this season, what they did, you know, in the uh, – the ALDS and then the ALCS, both. Uh, I think they swept the first round and then won uh, four out of four out of five out of uh, in the ALCS against the uh, against the Yankees. And so then we go from there to uh, I mean against the Astros. I'm sorry, against the Astros. And uh, you know going into the World Series, I think everybody pretty much thought they were going to win the World Series when it became the Dodgers that were there. Dodgers were good, don't get me wrong, coming out of the, the National League, but not near as good. They didn't play near as good as the uh, Red Sox did all year long. So uh, I don't think we quite expected it to be that quick. I was kind of hoping they'd go six games, maybe seven. I was actually pulling for the Dodgers. I said that in the last podcast. Wanted to see uh, the Dodgers win that and and, and just mainly for a opportunity, I thought, for maybe uh, – Clayton Kershaw to elect to opt out of his contract and possibly go into free agency um, with with the possibility of a chance coming back to Texas. That's a very low possibility with this team where it's at and what they're going to be doing. It, it was a very low probability and a very low chance that that was going to happen. But, hey, you know what? We can dream. That's why we do it. I don't work for the Rangers. I work for uh, myself and uh, do this just for the fun of it. But along with the Boston Red Sox, there are two very important Boston Red Sox players that do deserve our attention and do deserve a little bit of kudos, and that's Ian Kinsler and Mitch Moreland, two guys that played on the 2010-2011 World Series teams here in Texas. Both good guys. I like Moreland more than Kinsler. Kinsler, you know, went away from here with a little bit of a parting shot, and, you know, I think he said when he got to Detroit that he hopes the Rangers go 0-165. Um, it's real easy to get upset at that, but honestly, you can't blame the guy. He got traded. Um, that's who we traded for Prince Fielder. They did that. He was on vacation when he found out that he was traded. Had to call his agent and say, hey, I'm hearing rumors that I got traded to Detroit. You know, That's one of the few John Daniels trades that uh, – I mean, he's had a few of them, I mean, more than that, but probably the worst one he did, I think, that, that failed miserably. It was a good idea. Why, I know why he tried to do it. Uh, he was getting rid of Kinsler so that uh, – Profar was going to come in and play second base, and then Fielder was going to go over to first because initially what people don't remember is that they had approached Kinsler about possibly moving over to first base, becoming a first baseman, and then bringing up Profar to play second base. And Kinsler saw what happened to Michael Young when Michael Young went from second base when A-Rod left over to shortstop because uh, of the trade we made uh with the Yankees and he moved over to shortstop for the team. And then once uh, we signed Adrian Beltre, um, he went over to first base. Uh, when Elvis came up, he moved over to third base. And then when we signed Beltre, he moved over to first base. I mean, Michael Young was the ultimate team player in doing that, but Kinsler 
in talking to Michael Young, Young said, hey, you know, if you can keep your one position, it, it was hectic on him. And so he he wasn't very happy with how things went down. Well, ultimately, we traded Michael Young, but he came back and he made amends. But um, I don't blame Ken's. I'm really happy for him. I'm glad he's going to get a ring. Look, one thing the guy did besides pop up a lot was uh, he, he went 100%. He was one of those guys that had a little bit of an edge to him. You know, every team needs one of those. I think every World Series team has one of those. It's that guy that that sort of the everyone on the other team hates. They kind of, you know, like the Blue Jays always had Batista. We, we can't stand him. A lot of teams couldn't stand Batista. Right now for the Rangers, the one player that kind of rubs everybody the wrong way is Odor. Uh, Rugi never quite... Uh, you know, he, he kind of rubs everybody the wrong way. So, uh, But Kinsler was that guy before Ruge got here. He was the guy that played with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder maybe or a little bit of an edge. But Mitch Mitch Moreland was nothing but a uh, – such not, 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 a, not such a great – I mean, not that he was – he was always a great player. He hit the first home run for the Texas Rangers in a World Series. Um, he was uh, just incredible – first baseman he did a wonderful job he kind of took over for chris davis when chris davis was failing a little bit and or jason botts was another one we thought might be coming up to play first and uh moreland kind of took that over and really ran with it did a great job i'm very happy for moreland he was a classy guy all the way around i think he really enjoyed his time here in texas um you know he he got into free agency and the rangers didn't re-sign him and he took off so you can't blame that you wish nothing but good things for guys that play here um, that, that leave under their own circumstances. Um, you know, when they don't take parting shots or do anything like that, and they just say, hey, they enjoyed the fan base, enjoyed where they were, you, you got to give them kudos. A few guys have left here with a bad taste in my mouth as a fan, and it should have with you if you were good Ranger fans. A-Rod was one of them, kind of forced a, forced a trade out of here. He wanted to get out of Texas. We weren't very good at the time. He wanted to leave. Texas uh, trades him. To, to the Yankees, and the uh, minute he gets there, he starts bad-mouthing the Rangers, and he was him and a bunch of kids and all of that, and I'm sorry, that was unacceptable. You don't do that. Uh, Josh Hamilton did the same thing. He signed a free agent contract with the with the Angels that, that summer. Um, you know, big deal with the Angels, and could have very easily, when he had his press conference, said, hey, you know what, I really enjoyed my time in Texas. Um, I wish those guys the best of luck, except when they're playing against us. Um, but instead, nope, he doesn't do that. He goes off and, and says something to the effect that uh, Texas Ranger fans are not true baseball fans, kind of taking a shot at us there. We're more football fans here. and So that kind of rubbed everybody wrong. But it's over with. The World Series is over. Boston Red Sox are the champions, and the offseason is here. So everything's getting started now. So as far as the Rangers, what's going on? It's the manager search. It continues. Um, I'm hoping this thing gets moving along now. Now that the World Series is over, there's rumors and talks out there that the Rangers are going to talk with Chris Woodward from the Dodgers. He's the third base coach. Um, and, you know, possibility that Ron Renneke from Boston, he's the bench coach, the guy that used to, to manage the Brewers, that the Rangers might be looking to to go out and talk to him. Uh, I think uh, TR wrote, or Evan Grant might have wrote something today about, uh, or yet couple days ago about it you know how they're taking their time of, of where they're going but um th this should move it along where everybody's free to talk to people now there's no more games being played um i i wrote a story the other day about stubby clap um that's a the name that popped up he did actually interview for the job from what i'm hearing um he kind of became my favorite um you know i think all along i've talked about that that who i really liked was jace tingler or joe espada or 
or Brandon Hyde, um, the three young guys, kind of the analytics of it. Uh, with the new assistant GM, the Rangers hired, and uh, Resman is his name. I think I'd have to look that up. The the guy that came over from the Cubs, he's, he's one of those analytics guys. He, they fully expect John Daniels to move up and to, to just take over as president of baseball operations and then uh, just have a full-time GM, and that's who they're thinking that's going to be. But he's more into the analytics of it. He, you know, he's an ex-baseball player that, that, that played some college ball. That's about it. But he's really into crunching the numbers and that. And that's the way baseball is kind of going right now. And so um, that's why I like the younger candidates. But, but Stubby Clapp was new. He kind of came in out of nowhere. Uh, that name was mentioned. I remembered that name. I'd seen him play in person. I said that on the last, last podcast when he was playing for the uh, Memphis Redbirds. Turns out he's had quite a resume as a, you know, as a manager. I mean, he started coaching in the Astros organization and did that after he retired. Really popular for you, for y'all that don't know. He's from Canada and uh, real popular in Canada. He played for Texas Tech. He played baseball at Texas Tech. Really one of the fan favorites there. Holds a lot of records at Texas Tech out in Lubbock. Then he went on and was drafted like 36th round by the by the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Comes up through the Cardinals organization. Before you know it, he's you know he's playing in Memphis. That's where I saw him play. And I'm telling you right now, I always you know I, I confirm this. I, I said in the last podcast that I seem to remember that he would run out and do a backflip like Ozzie Smith used to do that for the Cardinals. But it turns out he did because there were stories about him doing that. But one thing I remember. Everybody loved him. I mean, they just flat out loved the guy. Well, turns out, everywhere he goes, everyone loves him. Well, then he became a, a hitting instructor in the Astros organization. One time he was at, at uh, Corpus Christi, which plays Frisco. If anybody goes up to Frisco Rough Riders, he was the hitting coach there. Then he got into managing with the Astros organization, kind of low A. Did some uh, some of the lower uh, the lower team, low A teams and and through there and then got hired Memphis brought him back in 2017 Memphis brought him back to be the Memphis Redbirds manager well he won PCL manager of the year he took him to the PCL championship that's the Pacific Coast League that's the AAA World Series they won it won it all and uh, not only did he do that in 2017 they turned around in 2018 and did it again one back-to-back. So he's just managed two AAA teams to the PCL championship, and that's impressive. I don't care who you are. That, that's very impressive because the AAA, for those that don't know a lot about minor league baseball, you really have no control over your roster. Your roster is dictated by the big league club. They're the ones that, that decide how much a player plays, pitches, if they're on strict pitch counts. You know, they might come in and send a guy down and say, by the way, we're sending an example would be at Frisco. You know, you're, you're coming into a very, you know, maybe a game that decides first or second place in that first half. Uh, that's how they do playoffs in the minor leagues. It's if you win the first half of the league, you're automatically in the playoffs. And if you win the second half of the league, then the second place team gets the gets the second half, or if someone else wins the second half of the league, they get the playoffs because the rosters change so much. A big league club can send Elvis Andrus on an injury rehab and go, by the way, Elvis is coming down. Um, he's going to DH and lead off for you today. Well, 
you know, you got to revolve your whole roster around. Elvis Andrus is going to lead off. We want him to get three at bats and then get him out of there. So he, you know, you got to you got to move your whole roster around so that Elvis can get some ABs before he gets back up to the big league club. So to win two PCL championships on a AAA club with no say whatsoever over your roster, it's pretty impressive. So he he became my favorite. Um, and then word came out today that the St. Louis Cardinals had hired him as their full-time first base coach. So he is going to the big leagues as a first base coach. I guess that means he's still a possibility that he could come to the Rangers. I mean, if he was offered the manager's job, obviously that's a step up from being a first base coach. And I don't think that the Cardinals could really fight that or say anything about that. Um, I think they offered him the, the big league first base job because they didn't want to lose him in the organization. Uh, John Daniels, if you're listening to me, go get Stubby Clap. But, of course, no one cares what I think. Um, John Daniels is doing something. He is he is being thorough. If nothing else, he's being thorough right now. So he is going through everything he can to figure out exactly what, uh, what he wants to do with this manager position. It, he's looking long term. So um, I don't see it now. It's it's less likely that, that Clapp is going to come here and be the manager, uh, which I don't like. I would have loved to have seen that. I would have loved to have seen something, even even something like this. Maybe if Stubby Clapp got the, the manager's job and then someone like Jace Tingler was the bench coach, which he did the last part of the year. Um, you're not going to get Joe Espada or Brandon Hyde. They're already bench coaches now. They're not going to come to Texas to be a bench coach. But, hey, I'd love it if those one of those two guys got hired as the manager and then they hired Stubby Clapp to be the bench coach. Um, that's unlikely. I don't think he would leave a first-base job in the, in the organization uh, that he grew up in and that, that he played with to come over and be a bench coach, although it is a bench coach that usually – um, is where they go dip in and find managers. Uh, it's very – I think it's kind of rare to go in and find a first base or third base coach that you put over, you know, into the uh, – into there. So that's my personal feeling about it. Anyway, so that's uh, that's kind of where we're at on the manager search. Don't quite know where we're going with this. I hope this gets done pretty quick. Free agency's kicking in. Um, I'd like to see us making decisions, kind of knowing where our coaching staff's going to be, who the manager's going to be, who they're going to hire for the coaching staff. Um, if Stubby is absolutely not coming here, I still revert back to I want to see Tingler, Espada, and then if not one of those two, I want to see Brandon Hyde. That's kind of where I'm at. Um, I'm not too fired up about Woodward, a third-base coach. Ron Renneke would be okay. I mean, he did well with the Brewers, but – I think they're looking younger. That's my personal opinion, and my opinion means nothing. Okay, free agency. Free agency does begin Friday. And, uh, you know, a lot of players need to decide whether they're going to opt out of their contract and uh, and select free agency. Elvis was one of them that they said, I believe Wednesday they need to make that choice. I don't know that's concrete, but it did come out today. I was going to say that Elvis needs to make his decision uh, probably by Wednesday, because I read somewhere that he had till Wednesday to decide. But he did, uh, I think, Joel Sherman or somebody uh, from MLB.com came on today and did make – he uh, had breaking news that, that uh, Andrus had not opted out of his contract. He planned on coming back next year. So that's done. Elvis is not going to go, and he's not a selecting free agency. 
it was an injury year. You kind of didn't expect it with the elbow injury when he got hit. So um, I didn't expect it, but that it's just confirmed now. So that's no headache that, that we have to worry about. Uh, again, we don't know what Beltre is going to do. I'm assuming he's obviously a free agent. He can do whatever he wants. He hasn't officially announced whether he's going to retire. Um, we wish him the best of luck. If he wants to come back and play here, he was so classy about how he handled it. Uh, when all the rumors about him being traded during the trade deadline in August. And uh, there were deals that were put on the table. They were brought to him. And he basically was looking out for the Rangers and said, yeah, that's great. And I know the Rangers were going to let him go. I mean, they said, look, if you've got an opportunity to go win a World Series and, you know, if they'll give us a bag of baseballs, we'll take it. That was basically the Rangers were looking at. I mean, they weren't being uh, – I mean, he had, he could go anywhere he wanted. So it was really up to Elvis – I mean, to for Beltre to, to – uh, uh, Adrian to pick out where he wanted to go, but his basic thing was, and he told the, you know, he told Emily Jones and a couple of those, he said, look, this organization's been wonderful to me. It's I'm not just going to leave here and they don't get something in return, and uh, and no teams were really offering what he thought. This is what's interesting. What Adrian Beltre felt was fair enough to the Rangers, so he said it's not. There's no guarantee I'd go to the World Series, and if you're not going to be serious and give the Rangers something good for me then then I'll stay here and finish you know finish here and if I retire then I will have finished with the team that took care of me for the last eight years and that I'm sorry that's classy I don't care who you are that's classy as I'll get up that's why everybody loves Beltre um, other free agents from the Rangers themselves Tony Barnett would love to see him come back he had some injuries this year but man you know he pitched six years in the Japanese league and and uh, over in Japan and He's good. I, I like him. He, he's he's an asset to the to the bullpen. I think if we sign him and get him for at least another year, a couple years, he could be some someone we trade. He's a little older. Um, Giovanni Gallardo. He's another one that's a free agent. I don't see us really doing anything there. Bartolo Colon. He's a free agent. He'll be forty six, I believe. I doubt very seriously that he draws a lot of attention. I I don't think the Rangers are going to bring him back. They might do a minor league invite just out of love for the guy i mean he was really not you know he was good when he was here he's a good clubhouse guy really worked with some of the younger guys but they're not going to give up a roster spot to him unless they've got somebody that they're just not ready to bring up here and we need to fill a major league roster and keep somebody in triple a to get some more double a to get some more innings down there uh doug fister and matt moore have options uh there is no way the rangers are going to pick up those options matt moore Wow, I don't know if y'all remember when he was with Tampa Bay, and he was un- we almost traded away Profar, and when Profar was the number one prospect, uh, and a couple of players for Matt Moore, and thank goodness we did not do it. Uh, he came, he went from there, he went over to the Giants. He was horrible with the Giants. We traded for him, and he was just ridiculously bad. I mean, as advertised. So he's gone. Uh, Doug Fister, I think Fister did okay. You know, he kind of got hurt there too and didn't pitch the rest of the year. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get if, – if no one offers him anything, he might be someone we see we might try to bring in again and put another give another shot to him on it after, after he opts out. If he doesn't get a deal somewhere, he would be an invite back, I would guess, but I, I don't know. Um, he, he didn't have good luck here. The other free agents from around the league – that are going to be free agents that could be possibilities. Now, I've said this over and over. I don't think the Rangers will be big players in the free agency. I just don't. They're not going to go spend a ton of money. 
you know, if they did, like I said, there was rumors out there about Kershaw. If he opted out of his contract, maybe he'd come back to, to Texas. It's where he grew up and do that. I would love that. He, of course, we would not be competing next year. I think in 20 and 21 we would be competitive, and he could head that staff up. But that's very low possibility. I mean, I know I'm saying it, but I'm I don't work for the Rangers. I'm not an actual broadcaster I, or a or a uh, journalist, so I don't have some inside knowledge. I just what I'm reading and hearing. So I don't I don't see it. I don't I don't. It could. You know what? Look, it it's below fifty percent. It's going to happen, but it's certainly not close to zero percent. If he opts out. It, it would raise up to at least 50-50. I would imagine it would come down to a couple of teams, but I think he would consider it, that's for sure, uh, doing that. Um, i tell you an interesting name. We've been talking. We need a right-handed bat. Um, we do need a right-handed bat. We're, t- we're left-handed heavy. Um, Steve Pierce just won the World Series MVP for the, for the Red Sox. In fact, he got traded over to the Red Sox this year and had a wonderful World Series. He's a free agent. Now, that World Series performance may... May get him a lot of money, and I know the Rangers aren't going to spend a lot of money. So they're, you know, obviously that that may not be uh, in that situation. Kinsler's a world. Hey, Kinsler's a free agent. I don't know where Kinsler would play here, uh, but he didn't get a ton of offers this last free agency, and he signed the deal with uh, one year deal with the Angels, and they traded him to Boston this year. Um, you know, I don't know. I, it really depends on Sinshu Chu. And what goes on there, uh, you know, that opens up a, a place for possibly someone like a Kinzer or, or a, you know, Steve Pierce played a lot of different positions, I believe. Um, Brian Dozier's a free agent, Josh Donaldson, you know, if Beltray doesn't come back, that's another one I think's going to be a little pricey. And uh, I don't see any way that the Rangers go after him, but he's, a, he's another big, there's a lot of free agents, but I'm just throwing some out there that are big names coming out there, someone that, more than likely aren't coming here, but why not bring their name up? Uh, Manny Machado. There have been some people that thought, would the Rangers go all in and try to get a Machado? We did it with Beltre, and uh, he was the top th- third base free agent. Now, Machado wants to play shortstop, and uh, Elvis obviously is staying here. I don't see Elvis moving to third, so let's be honest. No, Machado's not coming here. Kind of don't like him either. He seems like he's a bit of a dirty player, but um, could just be aggressiveness. I mean, you can't fault a guy for being aggressive, but uh, he stole some signs. Uh, the The Red Sox accused him of stealing some signs, but and then came back with, "Hey, everybody tries to steal signs. We just got to be better at protecting it, and not not letting him steal the signs." So, um, you know, another name is Marwin Gonzalez from the Astros. Uh, he seems to always kill us. He's another one that's a free agent. I don't know if the Rangers will be in on him. Austin Jackson, uh, you know, Austin Jackson's a free agent. He's kind of on the downslide. You know, I could see us going after some of these guys, maybe if we could get them at the right price to fill some roster spots. You know, you you want some of your kids to season a little more in the minor leagues, but there's some that need to get up here. Um, Andrew McCutcheon's going to be a free agent. He played with the Giants this year, all those years with the Pirates. I've loved that guy since he got in the league. Uh, he didn't have a great year in, in San Francisco, but he's a stud. But he's a right-handed bat. But he is, you know, he's getting a little long in the tooth also. Jose Bautista, 
no, we're not even going to go there. He's a, he, <laughs> I don't think any of us, I think him and Odor in the same dugout would be one of the most interesting stories of the year if that were to happen. But, uh, you know, he had to sign a minor league deal with Atlanta this year. It took him a while to get to the big leagues. Uh, he signed a minor league deal. I think he was expecting people to walk all over glass to come sign him, and he just wasn't. He, he's got a reputation. I'll tell you another one, Nelly Cruz and Evan Gaddis. Now, Cruz has killed the Rangers ever since he went to Seattle. Well, he went to Baltimore first, but he's been with Seattle. So we play him and see him a lot. He's old, 38, I believe, maybe 39. He might be 38. Uh, you know, he could do really do nothing but DH. Um, I don't know if y'all know if he's a good right fielder or not. I mean, he seems to have trouble. I'm kidding. Man. That's obviously a joke. Um could, could he come back here and be liked again after dropping that ball? Um, who knows? Evan Gaddis. Gaddis is, uh, you know, with the Astros, he was a former catcher. He, he's that, he seemed to always hit a home run against us but when they're good. But that's one that, that uh, is a free agent too. Now, the pitchers that are free agents, like I said, there's Kershaw. He opts out of his contract, Kershaw. Dallas Keuchel is a free agent. Now, Keuchel at one time was the ace for the Astros, but you know, he, you know, with uh, coming in, he was their number two or three starter uh, this year. Pitches well. He doesn't throw hard, um, but always did good against us. I mean, that's a name to keep an eye. I don't, like I said, I don't see if, unless the price is right, I don't think the Rangers can be big players in this. Uh, Nathan Uvalde, he pitched for the Red Sox in the World Series and had a, he ended up taking the only loss, but man, he came in and pitched like seven innings of shutout ball before giving up the walk-off. Uh, <laughs> here's a name. I don't know if, if the Rangers would consider it, but uh, another free agent's Derek Holland. Um, you know, is, is it worth taking a risk? Is his dog still with him? Is he still got two stories? I mean, uh, we don't want him running up and down the stairs with his dog and lose a whole season because his dog tackles him and takes him out. But he's a free agent. Matt Harvey's an interesting name, played for the Reds. Um, he's one that Jamie Newberg loves. Uh, he li he'd like to see the Rangers get, get Matt Harvey. I think he's going to be too expensive. Hey, Marco Sestrada from the Jays. If y'all don't remember him, both years we went to the playoffs and got Knocked out by the Jays. He pitched unbelievable against us. Um, and Drew Pomeranz, of course, you say that name because he's a left-hander, and the Rangers are always looking for left-handed pitching. In our ballpark, left-handed pitching is good. But the new ballpark comes into play now. So we only got one more year in this park. Then we go to the new park, and I don't know if the dimensions are going to be the same, if we're going to have a short right-field porch. Who knows? Um, some of your, uh, you know, some of your relievers, relievers that are coming up jesse chavez that's who we had this year he did great for us this year traded him to the cubs got a good prospect back for him uh would we give him a, he's a free agent now kimbrell the closer for the red sox now he's going to be a high price we've got a closer um we, there's no way that we're going to go get a closer we've got one now and we're certainly not going to pay for kimbrell hey jake diekman is a free agent now he played he has pitched good for us that whole thing with his uh the issues he had with the surgery and, and uh, I think it was with his, was it colitis or something like that he had and finally came back and was throwing good by the end and we traded him. And look, I like Diekman. He's a wonderful guy, great pitcher, throws hard for a left-hander. Um, he might be somebody, Andrew Miller. He was injured this year, but y'all remember him for the, for the Cleveland Indians. 
uh, came over from, uh, who did he come over from to the Indians? He came over from the Yankees, I believe. Or uh, Anyway, the, the left-hander that throws 100 miles an hour, he was hurt this year, but that's another one that would, now some of these names though, Miller probably would want to be a, a closer. And, uh, you know, we're not going to do that here. Um, okay. So, we know that. We know who the free agents are. We know what's going on. So what, what do the Rangers need to do? Um, I personally think going into next year, the, the, the program ought to be, we need to see what we got. And we need to get some of the kids that we think are legit. We need to get them up here, get them playing. Uh, look at Willie Calhoun. That guy... I think that's that guy, look, he doesn't know where to play. I mean, I may have the ability he has on defense, but you know, Sin Shu Chu is just standing right in the way for him. I love Sin Shu Chu. Look, the guy had some tr struggles, he's had some injuries, but man, he's a hell of a bat when he's in there. What you know, takes the takes pitches, does well, good on base percentage. He needs to maybe we'll trade him this offseason. I'd like to see him get out of here and go help a team that's contending because we need those at bats and Honestly, uh, I think Calhoun's a liability in the outfield. Maybe a hell of a DH. Maybe a you know he could play a little outfield, hide him in left field or right field. I don't know, but uh, he's not going to be your everyday outfielder in my opinion. Um, so I, I'd like to see that happen. Gallo and Odor they have got to shore up some things. I, I look. Everybody loves that Gallo can hit you know, 600-foot bombs or 700-foot bombs. I mean, the guy's just a masher, but he has got to get better Better on the uh, – I mean, his on-base percentage wasn't horrible, but his his strike – if he gets two strikes on him, I think it was, it, that's the one Evan wrote today about what the Rangers needed to work on was their, was their, uh, their strikeout ratio. I mean, we're one of the worst strikeout teams uh, in all of Major League Baseball. We may have been the worst, and, and Gallo was horrible. His average with two strikes was – Point zero ninety five, that's with two strikes, and you know, honestly, part of that belongs to AJ Hinch and the genius of AJ Hinch. He started that first game where he moved everybody over to right field. I mean, he didn't even have anyone on the left side of the infield. That first game, it threw Gallo for a loop, and they and every other team started shifting on him tremendously, and he couldn't get through it. He's got to work on that. He's got to learn. Odor. Had a decent stretch this year, but he's still. I mean, that those are two guys that you've got. What you want as a fan is you want to feel like when those guys come to the plate, you want to feel like you got a chance, and you've, you they could really do something special here. And if any of you paid attention, and you, any of you feel like me, you have to deep down in your heart realize that whenever there were two strikes on Gallo or two strikes on Odor, especially if they were behind, one and two, oh and two, didn't you just feel like they weren't going to do anything? I mean, basically I was waiting on the strikeout or the pop. I mean, I, I never felt like they were going get to get it done, and they've got to work on that, be more selective. I think they need to learn to be more aggressive. Look, the Rangers played, those two guys play from behind so many times in the count, playing from behind, and that's just ridiculous. I mean, you've got to be selective. You can't miss those early strikes. you got to be aggressive if you go up against a strike thrower who's going to throw strikes, who likes to get ahead of people. you got to be teeing off early. Get on those strikes, and you got to put some wood, put the barrel on the ball, and do it. 
And then if you do get down in the count, you've got to be selective. Quit. You've got to shorten up, be willing to go the other way, not try to hit it 600 feet, and at least put it in play. And that's part of what Evan was writing about today, that, that uh, you know, strikeouts, people go, well, what's the difference between a strikeout and, and a ground out or a flyout? The truth is, putting the ball in play gives you a chance to have something special happen. If you strike out, it's over. If you put a ball in play, there's always the possibility that something could happen. Maybe you could move a, a runner forward. Maybe, you know, so with the strikeouts have got to go down. We've got to be putting the ball in play. And that's what I, I out of those two, that's something we got to work on. Now, they might get traded. Who knows what we're going to do with them this year. Um, R- Rookie improved some of that this year, but he's got to be consistent. You know, he started falling back off. He started off again horrible this year. And, you know, I think Gallo ended up hitting about 210. But that's got to improve. It's just got to. And pitching. Pitching is another thing we have to do. We don't have any real, real, actual pitching prospects that are close. Um, our best pitching prospects are, I think, the the oldest one's 20. Maybe. Uh, maybe 21. That's it. The, the best ones. Now, we've got some older pitching prospects. We've got Urado. We've got... Jonathan Hernandez, who had great years last year. Hernandez did good. When he got to double A, he, he went from Hickory to down east and just dominated down east and got to got to Frisco. Struggled a bit in Frisco. Didn't do quite as good there. Now, he had games that were like the games he was having in down east where he would go out and pitch six or seven innings and only give up a run or two and just dominate and have more strikeouts. But he never really got a hold of it. I tell you a name to watch. We do have one kid who's coming back from Tommy John surgery who came back last year, and, man, he was impressive. Ended up in Frisco by the end of the year, and that was Palumbo. Uh, the kid pulling left-handed pitcher, and I'm going to tell you right now, that guy knows how to pitch, and he did a great job. And that is somebody – I see him probably starting in double-A this year – but he's somebody that could be in in the Rangers in a Ranger uniform this year. If he does what he was doing at the end of the year, if he starts that way at Frisco, they're going to move him right up to AAA. And if he's still going, look, there's no reason. He's 22. He's young. Why not get him some innings? You know, we tried that with uh, Mendez, Urado, who had some okay outings. But, you know, they, they weren't fantastic. Uh, they just didn't. They didn't do any. They they didn't do very well. I mean, I'm sorry. They just didn't. Um, our best our best pitchers in the in the organization are all young. Uh, the the two that are have stood out. I mean, the one guy last year that had a great year and it was first. The Rangers have started this new program where if they draft a high school pitcher right out of high school, the first year right out of high school. So they pitched in their high school season. The draft comes in June. The Rangers draft them. They don't let them pitch the rest of that year. They kind of Keep them in Arizona. They go through a strength and conditioning program, getting more limber, working on really building their bodies up and things like that. And that's what they were doing with these guys. The The, the kids they had from the year before was uh, Cole Reagans, who, but he had Tommy John surgery. So he was out all of this year. He's coming back. He's a left-hander who did great. He did fantastic in Spokane. And then he got hurt uh, this last year. He's already thrown from 105 feet. He's a left-hander that probably maybe halfway through the season before he really gets rolling again. But Hans Krause, 
is the one that got on my radar. He he got on my radar from Jamie Newberg. Used to write the Newberg Report. That guy was a high school pitcher. I think he was a second round pick. They kept talking about him. How he's got this quirky wind up. He looks goofy when he throws. But this year they cut him loose and they let him go to Spokane. Um, he ended up doing so well at Spokane. He's 19 or 20. He ended up at the end of the year. He played with Hickory and had a couple starts there. I mean, he would go seven inning and strike out 12. Uh, I'm sorry. When you're striking out a batter an inning or more, you are legit. And he was moving the ball around and throwing the ball good. So I would think at the moment, he's probably the furthest. Palumbo's the furthest along as far as a real legit prospect. Cole uh, Hans Kraus has the ability to possibly be a top frontline starter. He's going to probably start in Hickory this year, um, so he's he's a few years away. Then we 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 drafted those three kids last year. Uh, the our first round pick was number twelve. We took Cole Wynn. He was the his junior year. He was the Gatorade Colorado Pitcher of the Year. Dad moved him to California where it was tougher baseball. His senior year, Gatorade California Pitcher of the Year. A lot of people projected him to go seven or eight in the draft. He fell to the Rangers. The Rangers took him. Hasn't pitched. This year's the year he'll stay at extended spring training probably. He'll go to Spokane. He'll be on the Spokane staff. The other two guys, second and third round, were uh, Owen White, who I believe is out of North Carolina. He was a two-way player that played pretty good football player too, I believe. But he was a stud pitcher um, out of North Carolina and maybe in South Carolina. Either way, he got drafted uh, second round and third round. We took Mason Englert, who was the the kid out of uh, Forney right here in DFW in Forney. Um, pretty interesting story about him. I guess he his parents had had a really tragedy and then uh, and then decided to have more kids after they lost their kids and tra- something to that effect and and had Mason and so uh, Mason pitched unbelievably well, got drafted in third round. So they're all three going to probably be in Spokane uh, pitching there and they're they're the young ones coming up. But uh, so you know that that's. That's where a lot of our stuff is. I mean, the, the top 30 prospects, if you go to MLB, MLB.com, they have a top 100 prospects, and then they have a top 30 for each team. And you've got those kids there. I mean, a lot of our young kids that are really good coming up are, are so far down. This year, if you're going to be in the – if you're in Dallas, we'll probably get out to Frisco. I have a feeling that uh, Julio Pablo Martinez, which is the kid we signed out of Cuba – is going to be playing at Frisco this year. He may not start there. may start it down east. But he's already 22. He's the one we didn't get uh, Shohei Altani, and we went and signed him. And he is tearing up the Arizona Folly right now. And I, I look for him. He's our number two prospect. Number one's Leody Tavares. He had a bad year at down. He, did, he wasn't great. He had some on-bases, hit a few dingers. But he was 19. He just turned 20. He was the youngest kid in the league. I imagine he's going to start back there. Again, and play it down east. And then right after that, it's Cohen, Hans Kraus, Jonathan Hernandez. I mean, we are we have got some young kids that are potential to be great. Taylor Hearn. Taylor Hearn we got uh, for Keone Kayla uh, from Pittsburgh. That kid right there is left-hander. He's at double A. Um, so our, our minor leagues are, are looking great, but we don't have anything at our top level. And that's why this, I believe this whole year needs to be about development. We got to see what we got right there. 
And so that's basically, I, wa I wanted to get another one of these out, and uh, that's basically what I see. Um, but, uh, and that's going to be it for, you know what, that's going to be it, guys. That's, that's it for this Rangers, uh, this edition of the Rangers Podcast Nation. I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to especially thank Dallas Sports Nation for the opportunity. You guys go to the website at dowsportsnation.com. That's D-O-D-A-L sportsnation.com. Get all your DFW sports news then. But until next time, from the recliner, this is the Recliner Nerd. I'm going to be signing off. Nerd out. Oh,
tar down a Luke and bar and drink that shutterbuck beer.